emphasizing the personal connections because I think that's that's a first for many Koreans because they have no way of engaging with North Korea on a personal level. It's always the country or mm. the leader of the country or something political. Mm. It's never person to person. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome on board this 1995 rootless flight to Seoul. Please fasten your seatbelt and stay seated until the seatbelt sign is off. On behalf of your captain, Katrina Lungse, and the cabin crew, we wish you a pleasant flight. We have now reached our destination, Seoul. Hello, I'm back. It is another episode of your hopefully favorite podcast by now. I'm Katrina Lungser and in this episode we're going to be talking about North Korea. Probably the most villainized, the most stigmatized country in the world. So trying to keep this conversation as unpolitical as possible really was a challenge. But I met up with Ina Kim, who is the co-founder of a humanitarian aid organization that works in North Korea. Their whole aim is to provide humanitarian aid for the people in North Korea and reconnect South Koreans, North Koreans and the whole entire global community, which is obviously quite a big challenge. And I think Ina knows that. But we tried to talk about what she does and how she does it. So Ina started her charity in 2016 and she's been in North Korea twice. She went in September of 2018 and then in March of 2019. Because she is a Korean New Zealander, she has a New Zealand passport, which is why she was allowed to go into the country. So in our conversation, Ina speaks very, very fondly of the people that she met while she was in North Korea and even about the nature and the beauty of the country itself. Although she also tries not to glorify the regime, but she does feel that it's often its only identity in the media, and this has caused a very stigmatized public perception of the country. Obviously, this is quite a challenge because Ina now lives in South Korea, where any advocating for communism is illegal. And quite often, any positive portrayal of North Korea may be misinterpreted as such. So it was quite a difficult conversation to have because we kind of had a lot of grey areas that we didn't want to get into. But we did manage to have a very lovely half an hour conversation about what Ina's already done in North Korea and what she's wishing to do in the future. So without further ado, let's just get on with it. So this is Ina Kim on Politically Connecting the People of North Korea. And I've been living here for almost a year now, so I think I'm losing my English a little bit. Really? I might be, be, because like when I was talking to you the other day, I was like, what's that word in English? Like that never happened to me before. It's it's something that's happening to me. But you know what? I feel the same way in Danish. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, so I might be like, what was that word again? (laughs) You'll be absolutely fine. So start, like, let's go back completely to um, your kind of upbringing in New Zealand and 
because you were studying, right? You were studying. Yeah, like, yeah. I I studied up to masters um, in piano performance. Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I was going to become a musician, a pianist, a classical pianist. Um, when I met, I mean, I didn't meet her. Like my church friend, <laughs> my church friend, <laughs> my church friend Sarah. <laughs> yeah, she's the other co-founder at the moment with mm -hmm. me. Like we we were really close since we were really young because we met at church, um, and she always had a dream of founding an mm -hmm. NGO. She had a heart for orphans, and me when I was studying music, I had this yearning to want to have more closer interaction with people uh -huh, yeah. because with music it's it's more intangible like mm. and it's more like I the people are in the audience and I'm the musician you know mm -hmm. but I wanted to be more interact with people that are actually in need and help them in more practical ways like I had this passion for that somehow mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so I got we were sharing that passion together, me and Sarah. And one day we, we were like, okay, we should do something about this. We shouldn't just always talk about what we want to do and um, all these ideas that we have um, for like the Korean community because we were Korean diaspora, which means, um, diaspora means like dispersed nation. Mm -hmm. So we're Korean diaspora, we're overseas Korean. So we live in a we live in two communities like korean community and like new zealand society we wanted to act as the bridge makers because it's very easy for the korean community to be isolated in um like foreign countries mm -hmm. especially because of the language barriers and the cultural barriers yeah so because we were in a church we felt the seriousness of the isolation more I think mm -hmm. because it's more common for churches to be more like Korean churches to be isolated I think because our um, generation like our parents generation have like went to Im like immigrated to New Zealand when they were all grown up mm -hmm. so the barrier there were more barriers for them to mix into society so we felt like it was our role to be the bridge makers. So you, you founded Reconnect with, mm. with Sarah and you worked with her in New Zealand for a bit. Mm. How did the idea of starting to do missionary work in North Korea come to you guys? So when we founded Reconnect in New Zealand, our whole purpose was to create content for, create content that um, deals with different issues of society and actually do something like create a platform to address those issues and do something practical about those issues mm -hmm. and like I said before because we wanted to act as bridge makers getting the Korean community more involved in doing um, and being more mixed into the society especially for people in need and people who are um, marginalized in New Zealand society so we always had a heart for people that are in need and people that are yeah so i think the whole thing from north korea we always had a very clear idea of who we are as an organization and that is being korean new zealanders when we think about korea the biggest issue is the whole um 
Korean Peninsula issue of North and South Korean issue. So that was always um, because we're an organization that addresses social issues. We also made content relating to like the Korean Peninsula and like North Korean issues as well. So when we went on a trip to Europe, um, and it was a project called Share the Warmth and Discover the Warmth, we visited all the like Jews related places mm -hmm. like the the Holocaust related yeah, places yeah. Yeah. Um, around Europe when, when, wherever we went and because um, we kind of related to the identity of how they were dispersed um, mm. like at the diaspora identity so while we were on that trip we also did a North Korean project where we just Asked, went around asking people what they think about the North Korean issue. Like, mm -hmm. we just wanted to know what people think about mm. regarding that issue, um, so we could know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that was like a little side project besides um, discovering the warmth and sharing warmth um, in Europe. Uh, and while doing that, we visited like the Berlin Wall in Germany. Um, and it really got us thinking about how, oh, they were a divided country not so long ago, but it's just history for them now. Mm -hmm. um, that was just something that uh, had a big impact, I think. It just really got us to think about our, our country, like back in Korea. And yeah, it just really saddened me as well because it's still so divided in so many ways. <laughs> yeah. I guess it is kind of a symbol of like, there, there can be a solution. Mm, mm. I think the, uh, it's a, a hope, hope mm. like that the Berlin Wall is a sign of hope for many Koreans. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so after that, like a year after visiting Europe, um, we had a chance to go to North Korea uh, through this NGO that we got connected with through a pastor we met in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And originally we were going on a trip called Global Perspective Tour, where we visit places around China. Um, it was like a historical tour of independent fighters Okay. That independent fighters that worked for, that died for, that sacrificed for Korea, just because we wanted to get to know more about our country, more about Korea. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we decided to go on that tour. And when the pastor said, Oh, you could totally go to North Korea while you're on this trip because, you know, you guys are New Zealand citizens. So it was possible for us to go mm -hmm. and we were like we jumped at the chance because like when could we ever go to North Korea <laughs> so like oh we definitely want to go that, and that's how we went <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. before we get into your first trip to North Korea how did you feel coming up to this trip because there I mean there's a lot of rumors there is mm. a lot of fear there is mm. a lot of mystification is that a word like mm. like it's very like mysterious mm. um the country how did you feel like going into this trip like mm. were you scared or were you excited like what was the kind of because mm. it's not like taking a holiday to spain right it's i know <laughs> i think 
Um, I think the main thing was like I didn't know what to expect. Mm. So the whole it was scary plus exciting because um, the they assured us that it won't be dangerous mm-hmm. as long as we. You know, don't do anything stupid. <laughs> Follow the rules and you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, as we prepared for the trip, I realized how much the media and just the general atmosphere um, or general perception of North Korea is so negative. In, so negative. In practically everywhere. <laughs> mm. But I, I just, I didn't realize that until. I kind of actually thought about okay, like the news, mm, reading the news, yeah. or just hearing what people think, and I didn't realize how much that had affected my perception of that country as well. So I wanted to be as mm, objective as possible. Yeah, I, I kind of like I didn't know what to expect. It was like no, black. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But I guess that's the best that's the best way to go into a country like a blank piece of paper and they get to paint their own picture of your perception mm, rather mm. than you coming in with all these ideas. Yeah. I think that was a good way to approach it like mm. now that I think back like when I I remember the first time that we crossed the bridge from the Chinese side like where you the border control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that place. <laughs> the border, Chinese border control. Uh, we get past that and we cross the bridge, and and then it's North Korea, like mm-hmm. halfway across the bridge. Um, we stop the car, and there's a North Korean soldier that checks our passport. Uh-huh. And I just remember that moment when the window was put down, and like the yeah. North Korean soldier spoke to us, and it felt like. It felt so unreal. It uh-huh. felt like a movie. It was like, oh, I'm watching, I'm seeing someone in a North Korean uniform, which yeah. I've only seen in like movies, you know. Mm. <laughs> it felt really surreal. <laughs> is that the right word? Yeah, yeah, surreal is a great word. <laughs> yeah. Did you feel a little bit like I could be making history? <laughs> I don't I know. I don't no. think of that. I was just like, like this is like the movies. Mm. <laughs> <It's just exciting. laughs> yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't actually scary at all. It no. was just very I was just very nervous about going into the unknown. Uh-huh. Yeah. What about friends and family who had this stigmatized colored picture of North Korea that they've gotten from the media like how was it explaining to all these people I'm going to do this this is what's going to happen <laughs> and what was their reaction? <laughs> Most reactions were like, will you be okay? Like, isn't yeah. that dangerous? Yeah. Like, how can you go? <laughs> like, that kind of reaction. But my parents were, they were fairly okay about, mm-hmm. like, they weren't like, oh, no, you can't go. Because I would imagine my parents would be very upset. Yeah, I heard many parents <laughs> could be like that. But of course they were worried, but I think... <laughs> because I've been I think they're used to me making funny choices in life <laughs> exciting choices in life yeah. exciting choices that's a good yeah. way to put it <laughs> yes but mostly people's reactions were is that even possible mm. or like fascination like wow oh, okay. that can actually happen you know <laughs> yeah. like good luck <laughs> be safe yeah. I would imagine like a lot of negative concern oh you really want to do that do you want to sacrifice your life, you know, your mm. safety. Yeah, but um, there weren't 
I think the more negative things were once we came back and oh, really? um, when we wanted to continue to go back to the, the country and do work related to that, mm. there was more concern from okay. there because the trip itself was like, it's just a trip. Yeah. You know, we're just experiencing what the country is like. Okay. So the main concern would be for our safety, mm. but doing work related to that would mean like we could get politically involved and mm. um, be stigmatized by people. Mm. So there were concerns about that. And I want to get into mm. now that you are politically involved, but let's first hear about mm. your trip. Mm. So mm. what what, what <laughs> happened? You know, tell us everything because <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> oh, so much to talk about. Um, yeah, maybe we can do another session. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, if, mm. if anyone wants to know more, they can go on Reconnect's YouTube mm. and Reconnect they can watch. Um, <laughs> but we'll link to that in the show notes and we'll talk about that in the end as well. But mm. if you do want more visual as well, details of the trip, it is available. Yeah, so the first reaction was, this isn't what I thought it would be like. <laughs> it's so peaceful. And the first people that we met were our guides. And they were two guys in their probably late or mid 40s. Mm -hmm. And they just felt like I've met them before, kind of like yeah. you, you would see people like this in Korea, like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like this way, could be my uncle. <laughs> yeah, 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 that kind of feeling, because yeah, like, like they could be your uncle. We became really close with them in a way mm -hmm. that we felt connected through sharing the same language because mm -hmm. we um, share the same history. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't seem like much, but it's actually a very deep connection, I think. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that there would be that kind of connection on an emotional level. But yeah, I was so emotional when I was there. I was like, this place is so <laughs> um, lovely. Like yeah. the, the whole nature and like the mountains and the, like the hills and everything. The houses and the people going by in their bicycles it mm -hmm. just seemed like the olden days korea or mm -hmm. like rural areas of korea the only difference was that like there were red propaganda signs yeah. <laughs> everywhere <laughs> every few meters <laughs> yeah. so, so speaking about propaganda like obviously when you do go into north korea you do I believe have to have a guide you, you do need to be like on an itinerary in order mm. to be able to go right mm -hmm. Did you feel like with these guides that you were kind of not on a propaganda trip, but did you feel like you were getting a censored view of North Korea? Um, on the first trip, we went to a place called La Son, right? Mm -hmm. Son, but it felt less, uh, like you said, like less. What did you say? Censored. censored view of North Korea because we went with the um, NGO people that mm. works inside there as um like they run businesses right, and right. um they ha work with the hospitals and the kindergartens and things like that mm -hmm. so we weren't like they didn't have anything on for show like there were there were there wasn't anything scheduled we just went with the people mm -hmm. NGO people we just went to where they had to work mm -hmm. so it was more daily life um, so I think that was the good thing because there was less of, oh, we have this ready and that ready, yeah. um, which I hear that is a lot of 
a big part of the trip for many people tourists, who visit yeah. Um, tourists. Yeah, but yeah, um, I just want to talk talk about also like the thing that made us very nervous was we had to be very careful about what we talk about. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't allowed to say Hanguk, which is like Korean for Korea. Uh huh. Like South Korea, we had to say Namjoseon because Namjoseon, um, which is South Korea, Namjoseon, <laughs> ah, okay, yeah. like um, because they found like uh, North Korean people find that offensive. Apparently, mm. um, where Namjoseon and Bukjoseon. I see. But Korean call it Hanguk and Bukhan. Mm. Like they have different names for the same country. Yeah, so, so South Korea calls mm. it one thing and North mm-hmm. Korea calls it another thing. So we had to be careful not to say the our way of saying yes. it and so they don't find mm. that offensive. And not to mention, you know, like certain things. So all that was on our mind. Of course. But then when we met the guides and we started to mingle and just you know, eat dinner and um, just have, like, talk with them. Uh-huh. They were much more uh, friendly and mm. more easy to talk with them. We had um, anticipated because he's been interacting with foreign people. Like mm. he tried to learn more English yeah. because he thought we wouldn't be able to speak Korean. Um, because there aren't many people who come from foreign countries, even Korean people, they can't speak much Korean apparently. Yeah. So it was very uh, new for them that they meet such young people like in their 20s um, speaking their own language. And that was a big advantage for you, right? In order to really connect with the North Korean people. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So that's what got me thinking, oh, more younger people should come and interact with people here mm. if we want to be... Um, have create a good relationship with yeah. North Korea. It shouldn't just be, you know, political people. It should ju- it should be, um, just uh, what do you call it? like normal citizens? Yeah. Just <laughs> mm-hmm. There should be relationship between normal citizens. That's there should be more of that. So so after your two trips to North Korea and you've started to work towards reconnecting North Korea and South Korea. Mm. You've moved to South Korea mm. in order to kind mm. of complete this mission, huh? <laughs> mission, mission impossible. <laughs> I was just gonna say, you've taken on a lot of work, girl. <laughs> yes, uh, I've been in Korea for about a year now, trying to network with um, North Korean related organizations and media mm-hmm. companies. Yeah, trying to connect with them and just getting to know the society more because mm-hmm. I realized that I have no idea um, <laughs> about this place once I started living here. Like all the like political related things about this um, Korean Peninsula issue, I was so unaware of so many aspects. Yeah. So I had to learn more of that in order to know how, what the best way to approach um, what we want to do. And obviously yeah. your organization is not a political organization. Mm-hmm. What you focus on is more reconnection with people. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard without doing it politically. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes, because like after coming back from the trip, we um, did a few talk concerts, mm-hmm. which is like we show videos and 
sing songs that I made and just talk about our general thoughts on the trip and we realized that we had to be careful about what we say because um, even if we lean towards being positive uh-huh. about that country then we're like immediately framed as being in Korean it's biogeni I don't know there's, there's probably no term for that <laughs> what's that what's the concept of a biogeni um it's like uh supporters of communism yeah that's okay, right yeah, okay yeah that's the general <laughs> yeah so we become yeah. that so easily uh-huh. if we be positive about that country mm-hmm. but um what we're trying to do is bring balance between such one-sided views yes. of this issue uh-huh. we don't want to say oh this is what sh- it should be like and this is what people should think but we're saying there are different views out there and yeah. there are the different ways of looking at this issue um to bring this one-sidedness to yeah um neutralize it a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and obviously like a big a big political issue right now around North Korea is well Trump is involved there's reunification there's mm. so many there's Russian and like Trump asking Russia to withdraw um, the working program and there's just so many things going on and here you are mm. <laughs> an NGO just trying to to create a no- more nuanced picture of the people in North Korea and mm. possibly reconnect the South Koreans and North Koreans and the world with North Korean people. How do you even begin <laughs> to tackle that challenge? Because naturally mm. the focus is on the political things, which mm. is normal, but how? I think one point is that this could be our strong point or our weakness. Yeah. And the fact is that people a lot of people see us as very naive doing something uh-huh. that's just not really worth doing or um that's not possible mm-hmm. like you know and just young people in fervor to you know make a change but very naive you know that's yeah. kind of what yeah, we yeah, get yeah. from the older generation <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> but i believe that through what we've done throughout this year and last year relating to north korea um even small steps in trying to connect with mm-hmm. people heart to heart mm-hmm. can make a change i know mm-hmm. it seems very <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you need to start somewhere right yeah yeah and because um like just because of the fact that we're from new zealand we mm. could go like we're new zealand koreans we mm. could go into that country and that's pretty much the only thing that's mm. um like it's not something it's not because we're good or good at something or we have a i don't know we we have a where we have professionalism in that area it's just because that we could go into the country yeah and just share share our thoughts on and share our experience with people so we want to connect with and learn more about effective ways on trying to share that more effectively with other people mm-hmm. in a balanced way not just emotional or not just like on an intellectual level as well yeah. um being very thorough about certain facts or um things like that but also 
um, emphasizing the personal connections because I think that's that's a first for many Koreans because they have no way of engaging with North Korea on a personal level. It's always the country or mm. the leader of the country or something political. Mm. It's never person to person. So that's a big thing that we try to focus on and we want to focus on 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 future projects into North Korea mm. where we want to create more projects with more interaction with younger people when I say young like 20s 30s inside that country as well even if it's like for show or even if it's yeah. just um, North Korea trying to only show the good aspects of the country their country I think there can be um, something more than that there can still be a connection between people that actually meet and like see see the other person's eyes and actually you know hear their voice and yeah. hear their the other person's nuances just those can be very subtle but very impactful and powerful I think mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and how do you and this is going to be a hard one how do you mm -hmm. plan on getting that to both the North Koreans and the South Koreans well the first step would be for uh, overseas Koreans who are able to go into North Korea to connect with um, like create more trips where yeah. they could go into North Korea or vice versa to have more interaction time but another thing that we thought it's a very small step but what we thought of is just sending little short video messages of we have to be very careful not to make it political in any way whatsoever yes. <laughs> <laughs> but just you know just even a short message saying hi like mm. I'm I'm from Korea but I want to like I'm I'm I want to get to know you more just yeah. something positive yeah um, and maybe show it to someone while we're in North Korea I don't know if this would I be guess <laughs> yeah. I guess like a virtual kind of pen pal idea yeah yeah like like I don't know if it will be possible but um, on our last trip um, we were told that like a trip together with the people inside mm -hmm. of North Korea and some overseas Koreans doing something together would be possible yeah like, we got the idea that it will be possible mm -hmm. like it's not like a forbidden thing so there are ways to be more open mm. or get North Korean people to be more open about interaction with foreigners you know so I think it might be possible but we have to try <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of work ahead of you mm. and, and talk to me a little bit about your documentary project that you're planning in North Korea without revealing the secrets of course <laughs> <laughs> yeah so last time when we visited we made a lot of I mean we took a lot of videos but no we took a lot of videos and put it on our YouTube channel mm -hmm. But um, because it was just the two of us um, and it was like kind of a vlog style, vlog slash documentary style. But um, the next time we go, we want to, um, if possible, take a media crew and really document the like beauty of the country and the personal touches of our interactions with the North Korean people. So it can be the realness can be communicated more effectively to the people outside mm -hmm. um, yeah so we want to do it on a more pro professional level so that our trip can be more documented 
um, in in high quality. Yeah, so we're working on trying to yeah, make this project as non-political as possible, but get funds. You've worked <laughs> with, with your projects uh, in connection to North Korea for a while. Mm. What do you think is the biggest misconception about North Korea? The biggest misconception is that people lose sight of the fact that there are actual people living there and it's hard mm. for people to engage on a personal level with the country because you know it's not easy to um even yeah it's not easy to do that i think like, i mean mo most people has never met a north korean person nor most people has never met anyone who's met a north korean person mm -hmm. most people the only thing they know from the news is the political chaos that's mm -hmm. going on around mm -hmm. north korea so i totally understand how it can only be like that of so course, that's yeah. what we want to make a change about because the whole media um, and how we are educated into thinking about the country is um, can only make us look into that country in a prejudiced way for sure um, for me as well so um, but when I realized going, uh, what I realized going into the country and meeting with the people is that personal interaction can make the world of difference uh, um, just by being in that country yeah. can make such a difference on the perception of how we think of the country and what we can do to resolve the um, issues of this, um, what we have the division issue of Korea and how we can achieve peace. Um, there are many ways and there are many organizations who are working for peace mm -hmm. in Korea, like for Korea. And I admire them so much because oh, this is such a big, big, big <laughs> um, mountain for the whole whole world, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But, mm, I think we're approaching it in a fresh way. So we're, it's something that has not been done before and probably there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> and we're very aware of that. So mm -hmm. um, we're exploring different ways and trying to uh, tackle it in the best way possible. Yeah, because it's very new for us too, you know. <laughs> I think it's new for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so just um, if people want to support you, if people want to get behind you, where can they go? What can they like? What can they subscribe to? <laughs> our main platform is our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, which is so if they search Reconnect NZ. Um, I'll put it in the show notes yes. as well. <laughs> <laughs> we'll attach the link and um, you'll be able to see what we do what what kind of work we're doing in New Zealand mm -hmm. as well as the new projects that are starting in Korea uh -huh. and um, the next talk concert is coming up on the 20th of December which is next month um, and we'll be showcasing all of the material that we got from North Korea like the videos mm -hmm. and um, I'm also a singer-songwriter on the side. I've written some songs coming back from the country. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there'll be and it'll be fun because um, people will be talking and sharing about not just me talking about what it was like there, but also sharing people's thoughts and um, 
sharing ideas about what we can do more mm -hmm. to create a peaceful relationship between the two countries. And if people want to join, how do they, where do they go? Yep, the, all the information will be up on our Facebook page soon. Okay. That was my conversation with Ina Kim. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, Ina was also my first Korean on the podcast, which was very exciting. If you do want to connect with Ina and her organization, Reconnect NZ, you can do so, as she said, on Facebook. You just search for Reconnect NZ. You can also follow them on YouTube. It's the same Reconnector NZ, where they have up all their videos from their trips to North Korea, which are very interesting to watch, so I definitely recommend that you go give that a watch. As always, please do follow this podcast. Give me a like and subscribe, and maybe if you really like it you can review it it's always really nice when i hear from you guys so i don't just feel like i'm talking into like a blank wall you can always reach me on my website or instagram facebook or twitter i'm always happy to hear from you guys until next time where i'm going to be talking to brian about the area of gangnam gangnam is the probably the most famous area in Korea. You probably know it from the song Gangnam Style. So that will be interesting. That will be up next week, Friday the 6th of December. Bye! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard this 1995 rootless flight to Seoul. Please fasten your seatbelt and stay seated until the seatbelt sign is off. On behalf of your captain, Katrina Lungse, and the cabin crew, we wish you a pleasant flight. We have now reached our destination, Seoul. <laughs>